0: Good morning. Hopefully we're live in the church building and online. Uh, we've got our uh, sort of normal COVID reduced program. We're going to have, uh, we're going to start with prayer. We're going to have communion, which is uh, our second time ever. And uh, it's these fiddly little pots that you uh, have to work out. Um, and so Bianca's is going to lead in us in that, which will be exciting. Um, and then we're going to have a sort of half hour talk Um, And then we're going to finish. I had hopes that we'd move out of this sort of bare bones church, but uh, it looks like uh, it's going to stick with us for a while. So if you'd like to stand with me, please. Um, We're going to repeat the Lord's Prayer together, and like the old version with Thighs and Hallows and that sort of stuff. So if you'd like to stand and uh, say the Lord's Prayer with me. Um, And it's all together rather than repeating, uh, because that seems to uh, be an issue. Okay. (laughs) the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Please take your uh, seats. Um, we're now going to uh, enter into a time of communion. So um, I'm going to shift at exactly a synchronised two metre distance while uh, Bianca comes and leads us in communion.
1: Good morning, So I'm reading from the Jesus Storybook Bible, and it's page 292 if you've got it. And it's based on Mark 14 and John 13 to 14. And it says, Then Jesus picked up some bread and broke it. He gave it to his friends. He picked up a cup of wine and thanked God for it. He poured it out and shared it. My body is like this bread. It will break. Jesus told them. This cup of wine is like my blood, it will pour out. But this is how God will rescue the whole world. My life will break and God's broken world will mend. My heart will tear apart and your hearts will heal. Just as the Passover lamb died, so now I will die instead of you. My blood will wash away all of your sins and you will be clean on the inside in your hearts. So whenever you eat and drink, remember Jesus said, I have rescued you. Jesus knew it was nearly time for him to leave the world and to go back to God. I won't be with you long, he said. You're going to be very sad, but God's help will come, and then you'll be filled up with a forever happiness that won't ever leave you. So don't be afraid. You are my friends, and I love you. God is unchanging, and he is eternal. In the Bible it says, trust confidently in the Lord forever, for he is your fortress, your shield, and your banner. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock, the rock of ages, Isaiah 26.4. And Christians have been taking communion for almost 2,000 years, and I'm sure the logistics of physical bread and wine has changed, just as it has now, and probably for generations to come. But there's one thing that remains, that we as believers can share communion together, and that we eat the bread and drink the wine or juice. And we are remembering that Jesus' sacrifice, <coughs> And that we believe his body broke, that his blood was shed, and that he died and rose again for us. He died so that we may live, and so that we can be with him for eternity. So if you don't know Jesus, please pass this by. But if you know him as your Lord and Saviour, join me as we open our fellowship cups, eat the wafer and then drink the juice, and if you're joining us online, and, and as you do this, I encourage you to reflect on the Trinity: God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who was and is and is to come. Do
0: you want to stay there and do it online, just so that everyone okay. can do it with you? I'm not going to do it with you. I can tell you that. the condemnation comes, when the enemy attacks, when the
1: accusations gather like a stone,
0: I remember what you've done, you remind me who I am, and I claim the victory of blood. Uh, but uh, it's just uh, one of the difficulties of uh, doing church in these times Uh, I hope you've managed to sort of find the wafer hidden between the two set of bits of set of paint and then get into the uh, things if anyone's aware of a better design out there I'm happy to uh, uh, embrace that but uh, this seems uh, the best we've got for the moment so yeah just encourage you to take these moments of communion when we sort of gathered as a community uh, as lots of people aren't allowed to gather um, and just sort of gather and enjoy the fellowship that the Holy Spirit brings and um, just uh, reflect on what Jesus did on the the cross. Um, So we're going to move on, Uh, you're welcome to sort of uh, still go in that. that sort of a moment of sort of worship and communion but we're gonna uh, uh, carry on so um, I think I had to notice oh yes on Tuesday we're gonna begin our first ever alpha online there is a new zoom code that I distributed uh, and um We're sort of, uh, uh, hopefully, going to join together on Tuesday to go through the Alpha course. If you are an experienced believer, Alpha course is for you. If you are a beginner, Alpha course is for you. And if you don't know anything about Christianity, Alpha course, guess what? It's for you too. So just let me encourage you, Uh, it's um, very well produced videos uh, for sort of 20 minutes, and then we talk about them. Afterwards, it's a very simple format. Um, it's one where we encourage dialogue. It's not going to be me telling you what to believe, but it is an invitation uh, into uh, discovering more uh, about what Christians believe. Is that all right? Yeah. Excellent. Those muffled jesses as, as near as I get, and a couple of thumbs up as well. So uh, we're going to sort of move into. Uh, uh, the sermon. Um, so if you've been paying attention uh, to these, and uh, we've been having kind of short and simple talks, I don't know whether you found them short and simple. Uh, I was listening to some feedback during the week and there was everything from your sermons are too complicated to too rudimentary. So I'm never quite sure exactly how to pitch them, but I've tried to be uh, as simple as possible on these Sunday mornings when the kids are uh, in with us that we kind of uh, um, feel with what the masks on and everything else that uh, we'd like uh, um, the things to be uh, straight and to the point. So hopefully you know we've been covering prayer and that's one of the reasons why we began with the Lord's Prayer. This is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. and We've been look, looking at different aspects of life. Uh, so, my wife and I were watching a, a food programme yesterday and uh, before long, you started to get hungry um, because it was just all this delightful food and you're like, you know what, we're going to have to raid the cupboards and eat something. And hopefully, these times like that, as we talk about prayer, as we talk about the privileges and delights and intricacies of it, that you draw more into prayer, that you find yourself not praying less, but praying more that the appetite you have for prayer uh, increases. So we've looked at, and some of you may even remember the, uh, the um, British Sign Language bits of it. We are fully known by God. I am not gonna go through them because <laughs> I've only just mastered today's one, so we're not gonna go through it. But we are fully known by God. We are totally forgiven, and that means that we get to totally forgive other people. We don't need to worry about our daily bread because that is something that we can ask God for. Um, we looked at how God's kingdom is something to long for. It's something to yearn for. It's something that our hearts should groan in anticipation. We have found out that he loves to help us. When we're in trouble, it's good to cry out. And uh, last week we looked at how we are not alone. God is there with us. So all these beautiful truths should come together and uh, hopefully each point has got, caused us to pray a little more maturely during the week, a little more frequently uh, during the week because there's nothing like it. It's interesting i found that I've, as I've been talking about prayer, it's not just that thing where I'm the pastor, I better be praying more. It's, I've, I've discovered that there is a uh, there's a joy and Privilege in praying uh, that I have entered into, which is really good. So, today we are looking at yet another reason to pray and let another reason to connect with God uh, uh, devotionally. Can I have a foot stamp in anticipation? Excellent. There's some very good ones. Thank you. I wonder if you've ever met someone that was fascinating. I know you've met me, probably, so you can probably just chalk that one up straight there. But uh, someone that you've met, and you've, there's too many smirks going on <laughs> in this room. Um, Ever met that was fascinating? Ever met someone that you wanted to be longer with? You know, you sort of uh, have a moment at their company, you go, oh, I quite like this person. This person uh, has all sorts of things that makes me want to stay longer with them. Uh, a few years ago, um, I went to a talk, by, a presentation, by the uh, infamous vicar of Baghdad. He was an English pastor um, and he uh, sort kind of travelled. So he was given like a, a, the parish of uh, a Baghdad and you wonder what he'd done wrong. That someone had decided, right, we're going to send you there uh, to be in charge of that. So he had Baghdad as his uh, parish. Uh, and it was, uh, as it is now, it was a troubled place. And this guy just helped people in unending ways, in, with Christians in a uh, Muslim country, in a battle-torn country, and he, he served them in just wonderful ways, and just the stories were amazing. He saw all sorts of unrest, as you can probably imagine, he saw a lot of poverty, and he saw a lot of um, persecution as well, um, and his stories uh, uh, were just something that uh, just sort of drew you in and made you wanted to know more and uh, it, the, the pain in what he had to say uh, the sort of thing that makes your toes curl and your faces wince is a lot of stuff uh, so some of us may moan about having to wear a mask or uh, Sanitise our hands, but that is nothing to uh, uh, Christians that are enduring real hostile environments. So anyway, later on, uh, we uh, uh, he went out for a meal, and I sort of tagged along because I wanted to sort of know more. And we ended up at the salubrious and magnificent restaurant of McDonald's. You know, next to uh, the uh, Cineworld. World. Um, so we're in Crawley Park Leisure Park, um, and we were sort of sitting down, and it was clear that he was quite exhausted from travelling and everything else, but it was also clear that he was a very serious and gentle guy. Uh, I've sort of encountered other preachers before, and, you, and they kind of have an off-camera persona, which is quite different, but this was a serious and gentle guy, and it was just really good just to hear him talk and account recount uh, further stories and, and his priorities uh, in life and it was also clear that he really struggled with multiple sclerosis. He had this thing that was just really debilitating and he just pushed through the, the pain and, and the ways it incapacitated him but, and he just served Christians in, in such a delightful way and it was the sort of company that you could just spend a long, long time in without having to count the minutes. Can you imagine sitting down with someone like that and making fun of them? Saying they've got things wrong and you knew better. Or that they didn't know what they were talking about. You've probably met those types of people that like to do that regardless of the situation. They chip in and, and feel that they've got the, the inside track on it. But you wouldn't do that, would you? Hopefully you will. They've already proved themselves. They've already shown the calibre of their faith. They've already demonstrated the maturity of their beliefs. They've earned other Christians' respect and courtesy. At least I uh, believe so. A long, long time ago, there was this royal prophet Isaiah and he said that people would be compelled to call God holy when God turned things upside down, where everything was reversed. When his kingdom come in and did things that you didn't expect and when God comes in and rescues people. And Isaiah says uh, that when God does these things, people will just fall to the knee and just cry holy. In the story of the Bible this kicked off this began when God the Father sent his son when his son lived perfectly and died unjustly as a sacrifice for our sins and we've been remembering that with the juice and the wafer when God lavished And it says that in scripture, he lavished his love on. Who did he lavish his love on? He lavished his love on the sick, the weak, the poor and the distressed. The people that no one else thought was important. Meanwhile, all the self-important folk, all the people that had the power and were in charge, they got neglected, they got sidelined. There was a reversal, there was this upside down kingdom breaking in and saying the old rules of social standing are going to be changed, God's kingdom is coming. Mm. I think that deserves a clap. Can we have a clap? (laughs) Antibacterial gel flies everywhere and uh, we enjoy it. And so I want to read this morning one of the many moments that demonstrates what Isaiah said. One of the many moments that should cause us in our hearts and in reality to cry, You are holy, God. When we see an upside down kingdom, when we see salvation, when we see redemption, we should call as I desire prophesied, holy is our God, or as we've learnt, in this old-fashioned English prayer Hallowed be your name because that's what Hallowed be your name means it means you are holy God and that is in the response to God doing something magnificent and worthy of our attention okay if you can all stand thank you so I it's funny how I practice this in my study on that Friday but as far as I can see Hallowed be your name is hallowed, and then uh, name, uh, no, your name, that's it. So, hallowed your name. Okay, so that's prayer, in good sound language, you can sit down. Now, well done. Give yourself a round of applause. So, we're looking at the phrase, hallowed be your name, this morning. So, me and Bianca at least can open the Jesus Storybook Bible um, and we're uh, uh, looking at a uh, page 244 and it says this. There were once 5,000 tired and hungry and probably very grumpy people sitting on a hillside wanting their dinner. Have you ever had a couple of tired, hungry kids? You can just imagine the clamour, can't you? They'd come to hear Jesus that day. They came before breakfast, stayed all morning, all afternoon, and way past dinner. No one had meant to be out there that long. But that's how it was, listening to Jesus. It was as if time didn't exist. People could listen to Jesus for hours. And on this particular day, that's just what they did. But they hadn't bought enough food and they couldn't just go and buy themselves a burger and fries to go because, of course, they're in the middle of nowhere with no shops or restaurants or macadins. Besides, that kind of food wasn't invented yet. What would they do? Jesus' friends had an idea, let's send everyone home for dinner. Very pragmatic response. (laughs) Jesus said, they don't need to go. You can give them something to eat. Did Jesus want them to travel all the way to town and buy food for everyone? Jesus' friends panicked, but we don't have enough money. What food do you have? Jesus asked. Go and see. Now there was a little boy in the crowd. He had bought his lunch that his mother had made that morning. I don't know whether they Pokemon in those days, Uh, but this is a accurate uh, reconstruction of the pat lunch box that Jesus held uh, 2,000 years ago. He had bought a lunch that his mother had made for him that morning. Now in the 21st century he probably had a army, uh, a bag of crisps and uh, a pasty. Uh, but that's not what had in the 1st century. Um, he looked at his five loaves and two fish. It wasn't much, not nearly enough for five thousand, but it was all he had. I have some, he said. Jesus' friends laughed when they saw his little lunch. That's not nearly enough, they said. But they were wrong. Jesus knew it didn't matter how much the little boy had, God would make it enough, more than enough. Jesus said, bring me what you have. And so the little boy gave Jesus his lunch. Now this isn't in the original Greek, but it says Jesus winked at the little boy, and I think that's probably fair enough. Jesus winked at the little boy and whispered in his ear, watch. How in the world will Jesus feed everyone with just that, Jesus' friends had said, because they thought it was impossible. But Jesus knew the one who made all the fish in all the oceans. And Jesus knew the one who, in the very beginning, had made everything out of nothing. How hard would something like this be for someone like that? Put your hands up if you've ever met someone really. You can think of someone in your history that, you know well, they are just boring, there's no other words for it. Some of you are too eager to say that. <laughs> All right, put your hands down. And you spend what seems an absolute age with them, and then discover only a couple of minutes of God. They're just so boring, it sucks the will to live out of you. Obviously no one in this church, but perhaps other people out there, the unredeemed maybe. So they speak in a monotone, you know, they don't vary or inflex their voice. They tell you things you already know, or they've already told you a thousand times before. They repeat themselves, and what they say is irrelevant or pointless. You know, just all these things conspire and you're just like, Dear Lord, give me patience. Because that's the only way I'm going to survive this encounter. When Jesus spoke, people were drawn in to what he said. They were drawn in despite themselves. They were busy people They had lots of things to get up to, but they were still drawn in to what he had to say. People didn't sit and listen to him Because that someone told them to. In fact, their uh, religious leaders didn't want them to listen to Him. But they listened anyway. They didn't listen to Him because they were told to. They didn't listen to Him because they were supposed to. They didn't listen to Him because it was the right thing to do. They didn't listen to Him because someone uh, uh, forced their hand. They didn't listen to Him because somehow they would earn something afterwards. These crowds, these masses of ordinary people, and if I can dare to call us ordinary in this room, ordinary people like us loved listening to Jesus, not because it was a duty, but because it was a pleasure. Jesus was interesting. Jesus said things that were helpful, that would make life easier, that would make life make more sense. He said things that were important that had worth of eternal life. And he said things where he knew what he was talking about. I wonder if you've ever met someone that doesn't know what they're talking about. You know, they they, uh, waffle on and on about subject they've got no idea about. Well, Jesus waffled on about important things that he obviously knew about and everyone hung on his word. And people forgot themselves in Jesus' presence. They forgot they were bored. They forgot they had DIY to do. They forgot they had uh, electrical devices, or family responsibilities, or work to uh, go to. They forgot all these things. And then suddenly, advancing in the day, they suddenly realise, crumbs, I've been out here all this time and I'm starving. And it's easy, them, it's easy for us to imagine them looking a little confused. Why am I hungry? Oh, I've been out here with Jesus for hours and hours and hours. And they thought, well, I only stopped by. I was going to get some bread from the local co-op and I've ended up in Jesus's company for hours and hours and hours. Jesus looks at the situation And he knows that he can now do something that will draw a line under everything he said, draw a line under his own personhood, that would cause people to not just wander off for food, but come nearer him for sustenance. And so I really like it. Of all the things that Jesus could have used, and he could have created food out of nothing, we get a kid's packed lunch. This emblem of, uh, sort of simplicity and smallness and humbleness, he gets a packed lunch from a kid. And he uses this packed lunch to show that the upside down kingdom is coming. And. There's a mixture of disbelief, of course nothing's going to happen. And there's a mixture of anticipation. Well this is Jesus we're talking about. Perhaps something uh, is going to happen that's good. And it's spread throughout the 5,000 people. As Jesus, the centre of attention, takes his five loaves and fishes. Can we have a drum roll of stamping feet and hand drum things? Excellent. Because we want to know what's going to happen next, don't we? Excellent. Right, stop, so we can tell you what's gonna happen. And so Jesus took the little boy's Pokemon Pat lunch, looked up to heaven, and thanked his father. Then Jesus gave the little lunch back to his friends. As Jesus' friends started to hand out the food, do you know what? It was the strangest. No matter how much they broke off, there was always more. And more. And more. And more. Enough for 5,000 people. Everyone ate as much as they wanted. Second helpings, third helpings, and even fourths. Until they were full. And still, there were left. You can hear the bounty of this miracle, can't you? Well, Jesus did many miracles like this. Things people thought couldn't happen, that weren't natural. But it was the most natural thing in all the world. It's what God had been doing from the very beginning, of course. Taking the nothing and making it everything. Taking the emptiness and filling it up. Taking the darkness and making it light. Jesus looks up to heaven. Almost miles. Jesus looks up to heaven and involves his father in the drama. He says grace. I don't know if you say grace. Uh, We try and say it as a family and uh, uh, just sort of a thank you. Heavenly Father for this food at each meal. Um, and when Jesus sort of lifts his eyes to heaven, you can imagine those that know and go, oh, this is gonna be good. I've seen this sort of thing before, something's gonna kick off. And the kid's little portion, which would probably have only half filled up some of us adults who have got a bigger appetite, miraculously, wonderfully, beautifully, it feeds everyone every mouth is fed, every stomach is filled. Can you imagine the joy and satisfaction, but also the bewilderment? Where's this bread come from? We didn't have it a moment ago, how's it come? But it is good, I wonder if it tasted, I wonder if that was the best bread ever tasted by a human mouth, that sort of Jesus multiplied bread. And one or two who had that spiritual insight would have said, this Jesus is no mere man. There is something divine about him. Perhaps one or two who were starting to twig had worship brewing in their hearts. Jesus showed that he didn't just have great words that caused you to stop on the way to the co-op in a place you had no intention of for a few hours, he showed he didn't just have the words, but he had the supernatural power to bring everything that he said into completeness, into a uh, wholeness that they never knew. This inexplicable and rewarding sign invited every man, woman and child it looks like everyone was there invited every man, woman and child to realize and know God as someone who was again proving his worth proving that he cared for them proving that he valued them proving that he was sufficient for all their needs Jesus is teaching and his feeding at this point was something that I would say should cause us to say, God is holy, or as we've known together, uh, hallowed uh, be your name, I think. Friends, Father, Son and Spirit still deserve praise. They have saved the lost, they have authored scripture, they have raised the people for themselves, they have intervened in struggling lives, answered prayers, and brought joy and peace. And they've done that for 2,000 years. God has proved himself holy in this congregation. You can go around and ask individuals that are sitting in the building, sorry guys online, but in this building we have got people that can say God is holy because he has proved themselves. He has proved himself to them. Amen. My wife has found hope in the face of death. If you talk to Peter he will tell you of mysterious favour at work. Tim and Rachel have this incredible history of God's financial provision. My Sophia has endured two pretty frightening moments in hospital that didn't end badly. Kev has found a wife. Bianca has found her dream job. Ruth and Barry have just found a new song in their hearts. And. Uh, it's a delight to share how again and again they come up with new ones. And in my eyes, the biggest miracle, this worthless sinner is sitting in front of a camera and called, despite his best pretensions, pastor. This sinner who has done all sorts of things wrong, who, if my mind wanders to my sins, of years my face red and I can't preach anymore because it's too embarrassing. And yet he's taken me and allowed me to be someone that follows Jesus, that Jesus has called me by name. God is holy because he's done amazing things. I can say with you, hallowed be your name, because he has done marvelous things. And so I encourage you this morning, Look out for the miracle cat lunches in your life. Mm. For the moment God takes something ordinary and makes it extra ordinary. When God takes something humble and his upside down kingdom transforms it into something amazing. And when we encounter those moments, scripture invites us to say, Hallowed be your name. So all stand with me and we'll sign off with Hallowed Be Your Name. So, it's both arms off the forehead, it's this kind of uh, righteous movement of uh, a fist and then the fingers. So all together now, Hallowed Be Your Name. Excellent, please uh, sit, and I'm gonna close friend. Some of you, the British Sign Language Organization is not gonna be calling you up to be one of their uh, teachers. Um, And I think I'd probably call myself in that. So please bow your heads. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you that we can still meet together despite all the restrictions. God, we thank you for everyone online and uh, in this room who has made an effort to come together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can celebrate communion. And we just appreciate Bianca for the thought and time she spent in in her leading us in that. God, we thank you for this story of you using a kid's lunch to satisfy the hunger of over 5,000 people. Lord God, I pray that we would be on the lookout for these moments when you take a kid's lunchbox and transform it into something so much more. Lord God, I pray that we would be really good at saying, hallowed be, Your name. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.